What's up, guys? Welcome back. This is For the Girls Podcast. My name is Edgar. And I'm Marlene. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. So, Marlene, this is a very important question that I have to ask you. Oh, my God. What is it? Everybody has been asking me. Everybody wants to know the 411. How is your constipation? Oh, oh wow. Um, I have churros, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has been wondering. Everybody knows now. Oh, she gosh. has the churros. Yeah, the doctor said, because I, I told him, I'm like, dude, I cannot. I cannot. So what's happening? And he's like, <laughs> you should be having the opposite problem because now that you don't have your gallbladder, like, it should be going right through. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, listen, it's yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But yeah. Oh. Well, I'm glad that you have the churros now. I'd rather have churros. Than the constipation. Yes. That's good. Yeah. What? How was your weekend? Um, I did a lot of things. My social battery is at like 50% right now. I'm Welcome still recharging. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still recharging. I did something Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Damn. Three days in a row. So of course I'm like at 50%. I mean, it wasn't even like I didn't leave town or anything, but you know, I'm just an adult. I got drained Friday. What did I do Friday? Oh, I hung out with my nieces. I went to visit them. I had been a long time. And then after that, we got invited over to a friend's house. So then I was out and about till like 10. And only because Gianna was like over it, she wanted to be home. And so we came back home. But then we stayed up really late (laughs) because we had some friends over after because their AC broke. And so we invited them to stay because you know how freaking hot this weekend was i know it was so freaking hot it was like 109 100, 110 yes my was fucking sweating my teta out oh yeah so we were like okay we invited them over and then of course we stayed up a little bit and then saturday we went to eat breakfast with them and then we went to target i didn't really need to go but you know we just went to target we went to go buy food because then we were gonna go to a friend's pool so we were gonna make food and we made some agua chile. Ooh. It was actually delicious. I had never made it. I didn't make it by myself. It was like me and my friends did all the work and my husband. And then what else? Sunday. I guess Sunday was kind of chill. So that is oh yesterday, actually, because we're recording on a Monday today. Yes, we are. So uh, yesterday we just chilled until very long time until we got hungry went to go eat came back gianna took a nap and thank god she needed to take a nap because if not we would have kept going with her day and so that kind of slowed us down and we had like a chill day where we're just like on our phones and just like laying around i needed that already and when she woke up and missy slept so long i think she was equally tired so when she woke up like at five ish we went to go visit my husband's family then after that my family oh so then we didn't get home till like 10-ish, almost 11. So today I'm at a 50%. <laughs> I mean, I want to record. I always want to record. But my social battery is not charged yet. Girl, I feel you. I'm the same way. What if did I, you do? See, I didn't do shit this past weekend. And your social battery is where? My social battery is at 100% right now. Okay. Yeah. I can only do one event <laughs> this week and then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> After this, I don't have anything to do. I had the whole weekend or the whole week off. 
from like Monday all the way to Thursday, I believe. Oh. I had it off. So I just chilled. I cleaned my my room and everything because it was a little messy from my San Francisco trip that I had. You just came and threw everything? I came and did, yeah, threw everything. And you know, like in every vacation, like who unpacks their bag that same day and does laundry? At least I don't. You do that? I don't. Oh, because I feel like there's people that do that. I don't know where they are, but I'm not one of them either. Like, even if I just go to the beach, that beach bag will yeah, stay there. That bag is still... <laughs> My bag that I uh, took to San Francisco, it's still in my room, not unpacked, and I haven't done that laundry. Laundry. So maybe tomorrow, before the fireworks and everything. No, it's 4th of July. You cannot. True. Maybe I will do it on Wednesday. I don't know. But no, I, yeah, I just chilled, and then I worked my weekend, which was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's pretty much it. Do you mind working the weekends? I don't, because I actually don't. Cause I work, I try to work every other weekend. So when I don't, when I'm off on the weekend, I try to plan something out. So I have something to do. And if I don't, I don't mind just chilling. And then I think it's also kind of nice that you have the, like in the middle of the week off, because that's when people are actually working. So if you have errands, there's not like hella people everywhere. That's true. I went that's to, nice. I think I went to uh, target and there, literally there was no one in the store. Because yesterday when I went to, wait, I didn't go to Target yesterday. I went to Marshall's. Mm. It was a freaking huge line and the parking lot looked kind of empty. So that's the only reason why I was like, oh, it looks kind of empty. Let's stop. Because I just, I wanted to buy some shorts for the 4th of July. Yeah. And every time I go to Target, I don't know, like, I don't like the shorts that have like four or five buttons. Oh, yeah. I hate that. And right now that's all that Target has. And I was not going to drive all the way to a mall. So anyways, I went to Marshall's and thankfully I found some shorts, but there was like, one, two, three, maybe like nine or 10 people in front of us Damn. in line. Like I was like, oh my God. And this is why I don't like to go to the stores on the weekends. Like I used to do that growing up, you know, with my parents, like yeah. go grocery shopping. Let's go to the stores. Let's go to the mall or whatever. But no, I do not like that during the weekends. Same here. And that's why I also do online shopping. But then I try the, the clothes on and yes. it doesn't fit me or it doesn't look good on me. And I'm like, what the fuck? But then I don't like trying on clothes when I go to the stores. No, I will try them on when I go to the stores because I just, I hate getting home and then stuff not fitting. But yeah, I need to order something because we have a family photo shoot coming up next week. Oh shit. And I have absolutely nothing to wear. <laughs> so I'm on Amazon last night and I'm like on H&M and all these different stores, but I'm like, uh, what if it gets here and then it doesn't even fit me like that's what's so annoying and i already know that if i go to the mall i'm not gonna find what i want because i'm looking specifically for a white dress because oh. i wanted everybody to wear white or like khaki yeah so i ordered gianna's she's gonna have hers the little fall already has a white shirt and i i need to hurry up and i'm gonna probably order like two or three and then just return a bunch of stuff at this point why don't you go to the outlets in gilroy I feel like I don't find like really like I find things, but not when I'm trying to look for specific things. Oh, okay. I don't find those specific things. Why don't you try also like Shein or ASOS? <sighs> because you told me your experience at the, the last time you shopped at Shein, and dude, that has been my like. I think I've only done Shein purchases like twice in my entire life, and this was like years and years ago when I was pre mom bought and everything. And even then, like these just didn't fit correctly, and I was just like discouraged and i just didn't order anymore but maybe i should try it again you can try, also try asos is that expensive it's sometimes it is but they have good sales sometimes is it like 
better quality. It's better. Yeah, it's okay. a it's a clothing line. I believe it's a clothing line from London. Oh. So their sizes are still kind of funky, funky, but it's not funky like Shein. But you so, have to like up a size from like. How do you know what sizes you are on ASOS? So I think on ASOS, you there's a questionnaire that asks you like your body weight, your body weight, your oh. height, and everything, and then it tells you also. It makes you choose from a brand, and it tells you what size. You, are you in that brand? And, yeah, and then the person who does all that stuff tells you, okay, on this dress, it will. We recommend you wearing in a large or a medium or oh, a small. Yeah, maybe and, I should. Tr- and is it expensive? Sometimes it is. Mm. Yeah, but on the sales, the sales are really good. Um, and usually, whenever they tell you we recommend this size, that's the size that it works. Because on Amazon. This is my fear. First of all, sometimes on Amazon, there's clothes that is like she in quality for $40, you know, yeah. like, and I'm just like, oh, and I mean, I'm going to probably wear it one time, but I'm going to pay $40 for something. And there, there was a dress I really liked, but it doesn't get here until August something, even, no. even paying the fastest shipping possible. I'm like, okay, thanks for that. So I'm going to go to Target sometime this week because I'm just too lazy to drive to Fresno. <laughs> And so if they have nothing, like I'm still going to order something on Amazon. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to Target and see what they have. And that's going to be it. Because honestly, you know, my battery's just that drain. Like normally, you know, I <laughs> yeah. love to go shopping, but I'm just like, nah. Yeah. I feel I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I'm the same sometimes. So that's where I'm at. And then usually when I go shopping, I go, like I go to the store, I get what I want and then I leave. Because I hate I hate crowds. I don't hate crowds. I just don't like them. I know. I like when we go to Fresno like early in the morning. And there's nothing. And there's, there's no one. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. I just don't like it. And then the the other reason why I don't like trying on clothes at the store during the summer is because I sweat. And it's like some of the stores. Oh my gosh. Don't have the freaking AC. Yes. And I'm like, I am not going to fucking be sweating. Fucking trying to put this on. This is nasty. I know. Like target sometimes and i already know they do this because i worked at target fun fact guys when i did i say fun fact yeah fun fact (laughs) right out of high school i worked at target and their ac they go into like energy saving mode in the summer and it is freaking hot in there i'm like excuse me i don't care about your energy saving mode at this it is hot it is 110 degrees and if i walk in here and it and the air doesn't like blow me away there is an issue like turn it up yeah the fucking air has to fucking blow me away in order for me to, there has be. to be a rosa de guadalupe, guadalupe i can't talk today there has to be a rosa de guadalupe moment and if there's not it's it's too hot especially once you're paying paying at the cashier's oh my God, section yes. and like the doors are right there and it's just like feels like 110 already i'm like dude turn it up please thank you i when i used to work at home depot um they used to have swamp coolers oh Home Depot has, it's pretty chill in there. Well, now they have ACs. They used to have (gasps) swamp coolers. What? So during the summer, it would freaking be extremely hot. We would put freaking paper towels wet on with water, wet paper towels into the fridge, freezer. They took being a warehouse a little too serious. Yeah, it was so, and especially during the summer, it would be so disgusting. And sometimes whenever you would be helping someone load, like either like dirt, uh, dirt bags or lumber, and you would feel so dirty because, like, you're sweating. You feel sticky. And now you have lumber and dirt. Ugh, all stuck on yeah, you? Yeah, so you go home, you're freaking dirty, and you have to, like, shower. And I'm like, what the fuck? But uh, re- before I quit, I they put AC, and it was amazing during the summer. Wow, maybe I didn't used to go to Home Depot during those times. I don't remember Home Depot not being fresh. But I think it's only certain ones. It was one that I oh. worked 
that I worked with in, yeah. Hmm. Not the ones locally to our little hometown. <laughs> to our huge city. To our, yeah. 10,000, <laughs> 100K people. Yeah. Yeah. So today's episode, we're going to be talking, I'm going to be interviewing Merlin because you know, last week we, Merlin interviewed, we interviewed me because mm-hmm. I am the star of this show. Of course. <laughs> so now this time I'm going to be interviewing Merlin on her coming out story. What? <laughs> I'm joking. Surprise. Surprise. She just came out today. As a mother. No, yeah. Today I'm going to be interviewing her about her motherhood experience. And so, now I've been a mother for one year. Okay. So I am not an expert yet. You're not, but you could be. Of course. Yeah. I am already though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like we are under vast advice freaking episode. We no, are experts. Motherhood's so different for everybody that. I don't think anybody's an expert. That's true. You learn every single day once you're a mother or a parent. Yeah. 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 Wow. Are you a parent already? I'm a fur dog. I'm not a fur dog. I'm a fur dad. And do you feel like that? Like there, you learn different things? Fuck yeah. The first week I was freaking... I remember the first week you were ready to give him I away. I was ready because like he... And you can't do that with the baby. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so cute, but teaching him how to potty potty train him was so difficult oh, so he's potty like he's potty fully, trained, potty yeah, okay. he's fully potty trained now but that first week i remember i would take him outside and he would get distracted for the most stupidest thing ever so corgis whenever they're like they're young very small their ears are floppy they're still not sticking up yeah mine are sticking up like freaking antennas okay but my dog had the biggest ears ever and he still does so I remember one time I took him outside <laughs> to go potty. It was that night before I, I um, put him in his kennel. Um, and it was windy. And he would get distracted by his ears flopping in the wind. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you this stupid? He was he was weeks old, though. Like He, he was. But it was so cute because like, he would be like trying to bite his ears that are flopping in the, in the wind. And I'm like, go potty. Like I am ready to go to bed. And I'm like, come on. He's like, what's potty? And then I would, he would go to the restroom. And it would take me like 30 to 40 minutes. And then I would put him in his kennel. And then he would wake me up at 3 in the morning. Oh, no. Because he needed to go to the restroom. So I would take him outside. And he would think it would pl- be playtime. So he'd be running around the yard, barking at me. And I'm trying to tell him to be quiet because there's people sleeping. <laughs> and whenever he was done, he would be still like trying to play. And I'm like, no, like I'm tired. Let me go to bed. Like, let me get you so I can put you in the kennel. Wow, props to you because I feel like it took me an entire year to teach Charlie, like, for him to be fully potty trained. Homeboy did not care. And Millie, I'm not going to give myself credit. My mom mostly, like, potty trained Millie. See, my mom also helped me with oh, Dobby. Okay. Yeah, so moms it, just know what to do. It wasn't just fully me. And it took me, I think, like, five months. And he's barely up six months. So it took like it's. Oh, he, well, that's not bad. No, he's like one month old, like one month potty trained. Okay. Yeah. So, any, any ways about my dog now, we're going to be asking you questions. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So, you better be ready for these juicy I'm questions. I'm ready and not ready because honestly, I didn't really look over them. I didn't really sit down and think about what I'm going to say to these things. Like, it's just going to be what it comes out. And it is what it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. Okay. How many kids do you have and how long have you been a mother for? Okay, so I have one and I have been a mom for a little tiny bit over a year. So Gianna turned one on June 18th, which is, which means that that was my one year of motherhood as well. 
Okay. We're keeping it simple. Yes. Simple. Next one. What did your parents teach you about parenting when oh, you were young? Oh, my gosh. This one can go deep. I think we can talk about this for an entire episode. Like, we should talk about, and this, is, this isn't even parenthood, like our upbringing. Yeah. Because our upbringing matters a lot, and it, it turns you into the person that you are. And sometimes you don't analyze it and you don't think about it until you're a grown-ass person and then you're like, wait, why do I have these habits? And wait, why do I do this? Why do I think this? Why does that irritate me? Oh my gosh, my parents used to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. So the question was, what did I learn about parenting through their parenting? Yeah. Oh, what did your parents teach you about parenting? Okay, so number one, I feel like my mom was always that extra mom. And... That is something I aspired to be as a mom as well, because my mom was the mom that would like pack so much crap before we left anywhere. And I mean, I can only imagine what she was packing when I was a baby. I don't know. Cause I was a baby, but she, like when we were kids, I remember she'd pack snacks, drinks, food. She would like carry so much stuff like blankets and sweaters. And if like, so all of us have sensitive skin, sadly, <laughs> and like eczema creams and like all these different things. And I remember when we were growing up, like, you know, I guess I was an older kid and just thinking like, oh my God, let's just go. Like, we do not need all these things. And now that I'm a mom, I'm like, oh no, honey, like you got to be prepared because if you leave the house already feeling unprepared, it, that's it. It's already to me and my brain. I'm like, all right, like. It's already stressful if I'm leaving my house with absolutely nothing. So that's one thing I learned from my mom and I I have carried it where I think I'm carrying it and I think I'm doing a good job at that. But something else as well is just like the way they included us and in everything. Like my parents didn't have anybody here to just be like, oh, here, go with your grandma. You know, my grandparents were in Mexico. Yeah. So they took us everywhere, grocery shopping, um, you know, to somebody had a school appointment of some sort, a meeting, all right, all the kids are going. You have an appointment at the dentist or at the clinic, we're all going. And it was just like, nowadays, I don't do that. Like, if I have an appointment at the clinic, well, first of all, I don't think you can anymore. I think a lot of clinics are like... Yeah, no kids. Yeah, so I just leave Gianna with my mom or with my suegra and then I have, and then I go to the clinic or whatever I have to do. I do take Gianna with me, like grocery shopping, Target trips, all that, because she loves that. But just like, I guess I learned that if you just include your kids in your daily life, like they learn how to do daily life with you. And yes, it takes extra work. It, you don't just get to grab your bag and leave anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. You don't get to just be like, oh, let me do my makeup and I want to look like this and like that and I'm leaving. No. Now you have to get your kid ready, make sure your bag is packed, make sure there's diapers, make sure there's snacks. Make sure the car seat is installed. If it's not, you got to move the car seat. You got to put the car seat, buckle her in. And just like, it's all these extra steps, which honestly, I didn't think would take so long. But it takes me like, because I used to be the person that you can call me and be like, you want to go to Starbucks? And I could be ready in 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Hell no, that is not happening. I need an hour because if my kid wants to eat, I have to feed her. Like, Like, yeah, it's one thing if I'm like, Eh, who cares? F it. I'll just eat something over there. No. When a baby wants to eat, 
a baby wants to eat and they don't they don't care no they because they will be fuzzy the yeah. whole time so it's either take those extra 10 minutes and, and feed them or now you're gonna have a fuzzy baby wherever you go so that's something i learned and then of course like i'm trying to be positive about the positive things i learned from my parents because i don't want to sit here and talk smack <laughs> but of course there's things that you're like mm, i don't want to do that yeah i want to do this differently like i feel like one major thing is just like the way we grew up being like family is family and so sometimes family members make comments or their actions are are questionable and you just put up with these things because they're family no that is something that i'm not gonna do i don't care who you are if you do something that disrespects my family or hurts my daughter i'm gonna go mama lion like this is this is not gonna work so i'm just going to like my circle that surrounded me was one thing but if you're gonna be the circle that surrounds my family and my child like oh this circle better be i don't know it's like i know nothing's perfect but just like i think about it and i'm like it better be as perfect as I can possibly make it. And it better have people who truly care about like our well-being and my daughter's well-being. And it's not going to do something to like, I don't know. No, I, I totally you know what I mean. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I totally get you. And I'm the same way. Like, I know this episode is not about me, but like, <laughs> but like, I'm the same way. Like, I would want someone in either like my nieces or like G- yeah. G- Gigi's my niece. So I would want her to have someone like good people around her. Cause like you don't, this world is so different now. Like it's, it's so dangerous now. Like yes. you can never really trust anybody. They may look, Sadly. I know it's very sad. Like they may look like a nice person, but you never know what their intentions are. There's that devil inside of their brain. Sometimes they're telling them stupid things. So you can never really trust them. Yeah. You already answered the next question is what would you do different? Something different about from your, my parents. From I your parents. Get, that is one thing. And I think that's just like the main thing. I get, and, and my parents were very protective, I felt. But maybe I'm just more just, just in that sense. Yeah, I kind of answered it. That it, it's not about family as family. And this goes to everything. This isn't just about parenthood. Like, I feel like even as an individual person, like if you're putting up with people just because they're your family members... No, yeah, you yeah. literally don't have to put up with anybody. And family is, is it family is who you make it or what is the saying? Like pretty much you make your own family, yeah. you know, and you choose, you do choose your family members. So. Cause sometimes like even your family members are the ones that like treat you bad. And sometimes your friends are the ones that like, even though like your friends are not your family, but they, you can make them your family if they yes, are. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like it's whoever you feel the safest yeah. for your child. Like it, it just becomes this, this whole new thought process. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. So next question is, were you scared of becoming a mother whenever you found out you were pregnant? No, I was so excited because I, I wanted to be a mom. Like I, I knew I wanted to be a mom since I was very young and people who know me, Uh, My friends, they know I had a name, like a list of names since I was in freaking high school. (laughs) And some people might even remember some of the names. Gianna was not named after those names. 
but I just knew I wanted to be a mom one day. And so I think it also happened at the right time. Obviously, if I would have been 15 and pregnant, yeah, like I would have been scared. Yeah. But this happened at the right time. Gianna was planned. You know, it, it just, it all kind of aligned and that's what we wanted. And so I wasn't, I wasn't scared. I was excited. The only thing I will say is please do not remodel your house when you're trying to, um, have a cool pregnancy and just a chill pregnancy because that was not the business. You guys were remodeling? Yes. You don't remember? Oh, yes. I do remember. My, so literally the all freaking 10 months of pregnancy because I was pregnant for 10 months because Gianna was born literally 30 minutes before her due date. <laughs> the entire almost, I think, eight months, my house was a disaster. I remember. And I didn't have a kitchen. I didn't have a kitchen for like four or five months because it was getting remodeled and... Uh, May five months is an exaggeration. I think maybe four. So I think four of the months, the other half of my house was a disaster. There was stuff everywhere. Like it was, I hated it. Then for the last four months, I literally had no kitchen. So I ate out so much. And if you know me, I like food and everything, but I'm not one to want to eat out every day. Like that's just not me. That's too much. I don't want to eat junk every single day. And much less when you're pregnant and you already feel like, so when you're like eight, nine months pregnant and you feel just super big already, like you don't want to keep eating and eating and eating all this junk. Like at that point, I was like, oh my God, like where's my kitchen? <laughs> so I don't recommend. Remodel. Yeah. Don't remodel your kitchen. <laughs> Please you're don't. You're going to get pregnant. Please don't do that. <laughs> How many weeks pregnant were you whenever you found out that you were pregnant? I was eight weeks pregnant. Eight weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. Did he have any symptoms prior to that? No, I don't. Well, actually, yes. I started to get more sleepy than usual. And I'm not a sleepy person. I am somebody who can stay up until 2, 3 in the morning and then wake up at 7 and be fine. But I was extra sleepy and I started like not wanting to eat. Like it just, I just didn't feel like eating. Mm-hmm. Like when you just feel full at all times. And you know, there's times when you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm craving this and I want that and I want that. No, I started not wanting anything. Oh, crap. And so I was like, hmm, that's weird. And then, of course, when I didn't get my period, that's the obvious. Yeah. But yeah. What about uh, Rodolfo? Did he have any symptoms? No. And I was hoping he did. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the weird thing. Like I, when my sister was pregnant for the three times, because I have, uh, she's been pregnant three times. I'm very close to her. Mm-hmm. And every single pregnancy, I would have symptoms you what happened to you i would be nauseous (gasps) i remember um the last time she was pregnant she lives in tennessee and i don't know where you still got the symptoms i remember i woke up for a whole week and i was like i was feeling nauseous and i'm just like thinking to myself like every day it's like what am i eating that's making me nauseous never crossed my mind my sister's my sister's pregnant and i was like and then i texted her i was like are you pregnant and she was like yeah why i'm like thank you I'm like, I'm being <laughs> nauseous now. And I, I've been, I was reading that sometimes if you are close to your sister or your mom or something, like even like your siblings get, can get the symptoms, not only your husband. And I mean, the first time she got pregnant, she lived she close lived, to you. Yeah. So that makes sense. But like, that's crazy that she was in Tennessee and you still. Yeah. I was getting symptoms. I'm like, mother effer. I'm like, I hate. So first of all, I hate vomiting. 
Oh, I you hate, were straight vomiting? I, I, no, I was just feeling nauseous. But oh, just, but you were like the fear of Yes, the possibly. fear of vomiting. I hate it. I hate when people vomit. I hate hearing vomit. I hate vomit regardless. So, and I cry whenever I vomit. I'm a little bitch. Same. But it's not like, oh, like, no, it's just like tears don't stop. Oh, no, me? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am a dramatic vomiter. And then it comes out of my nose, TMI, but it comes out of my nose and that's what makes me cry because like it burns. Oh, yeah, that it sucks. And then I'm just like, fuck, I hate, I'm vomiting. So, yeah, that was my fear of just vomiting. So I was like, crap, I just don't want to vomit because I hate vomit. And, yeah, it was not. The, Did you feel it with the third? Yeah. Well, that was her last one. Yeah. The, and that same experience? That's the, That was your experience? Yeah. Oh, my god. That's when I texted her. I was like, are you pregnant? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you, you suck. No, I, I wanted I wanted Rodolfo to feel something. And this sounds kind of mean, but I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go through this you should too. journey for 10 months and my entire body is going to change. My hor- my hormones are going to change. Let's not talk about the horrific eczema I had where I didn't want to go anywhere because it was disgusting and not being able to eat certain things and then like just being sleepy everywhere. Like, you know, women feel all these things and it doesn't stop when you have a baby. It continues until your hormones kind of, you know, get back on track and that takes a whole other like two years. So it was like, I wanted him to feel something. And he did it. And he did not. Wow. Get pregnant again and make him feel stuff. And then I'm gonna feel triple the amount of things. So <laughs> I'm gonna lose. <laughs> Next question. Now that you are on your postpartum era, quote unquote. <laughs> Edgar doesn't believe it, but I am. Um, it takes two years. What do you want to get pregnant again? Would I want to? Yes. So I do want Gianna to have a sibling. And I remember thinking back then, like, oh, I want a bo- like a boy and then a girl or a girl and then a boy. You know, I just wanted each. And then once I got pregnant, I was like, I want a girl. And I didn't want to voice it because sometimes, I don't know. I, I felt like, but what if it's not a girl? And then I voiced that I wanted a girl. Like, people are going to assume that I don't, I yeah. don't know. Like, obviously, you still want your baby. But it just was a thing. And now that I have Gianna, I'm like, I truly don't care what my next baby is. Like, I truly don't care. I don't care if it's another girl. I don't care if it's a boy. I don't care. And do I want, and this this is going to sound kind of, like, because I know there's people who struggle getting pregnant. And so this is going to sound kind of like, I'm not thankful that I'm able to get pregnant. But pregnancy is not something I enjoy. Like there's girls that are like, oh, I just want to be pregnant. You know, like that. I don't enjoy being pregnant. So I'm not looking forward to the part where I need to be pregnant for 10 months. But yes, I'm looking forward to hopefully becoming a mom again. And like your whole body changes whenever you're pregnant. Yes. Like each pregnancy is very different. Like I'm, I've never been pregnant. I'm never going to be I was just going to ask, have you ever, wa- so you work at a hospital. Have you ever seen somebody deliver? No. Okay. Thank God. You don't want to? Hell no. I, I want that for you. No. I want you to see that experience. Maybe once I go into like deeper in the medical field, but like, no. but you wouldn't, but you wouldn't want to like, would you have wanted to see your sister? No, that's disgusting. I do not want to see her kuka freaking. <laughs> so you literally do not think about it like that in that moment. Knowing Trust. me, I'm going to fucking be thinking about it the whole freaking time. And every time I look, see her, I was like, Hey, that's disgusting. No, you won't think about it like that. No, that's nasty. Well. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. I wish you would have seen your sister deliver now. No, I think I would faint. I, no, I don't think so. I, I don't, don't know. I don't, 
maybe it, it is a different feeling though. Like I'm sure you have seen all kinds of crazy things at the hospital, but not your family member. Yeah. And I think that would be like, make me. Yeah. It, it's very different whenever it's your family member compared to like a total stranger. Cause like you, you freaking. Cause you're in work mode when you're it's in work a stranger. Mode, yeah. You are in work, work mode and you just put a different facade. And actually also when it's your friend or like your coworker, once you're your family friend or coworker, that work mode is totally, totally off the freaking. Yeah. You're on personal mode. Yeah. And you start freaking crying. Yeah. You've experienced that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. It was not the best. Let's see. Next one. Were you scared when you were going through labor? Uh, no. It all happened. Okay. It's going to sound dumb because it did not happen fast. I was in labor forever. But I felt like it was all happening so fast because I didn't know what was going to happen. I had never been pregnant. I had never delivered a baby. So like, yeah, you watch all these TikToks and all these YouTube videos. And then you hear all these people's stories but like nothing prepares you because you have never experienced it. And everybody's like delivery is so different and everybody's body acts so different. And so it's like, you can't, you can't really compare and, and sit there and be like, Oh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. But watching TikToks and watching videos did help me. I am the kind of person, cause I know there's people who are like, Oh, I'm not going to watch anything because then I'm a freak out. No, I'm the opposite. I need to watch all the possibilities because then in, I don't know, then I feel like, okay, then I will feel more comfortable when this does happen. Like then I'm going to feel like it's normal versus like start freaking out that something different's happening. I don't know. So no, I didn't feel scared. I, I guess the, I, the only thing I was scared for, I'm going to be honest. I was scared for not being able to get the epidural. I was very adamant on, I want the epidural I want to enjoy my experience. I don't want to be in pain when I'm trying to deliver my baby. Like, and you know, everybody has their own thoughts on this. Cause some people are like, absolutely not no epidural. Like that's not a real birth or no, you didn't, you didn't feel what I felt. You know, a birth is a birth, whether you had a C-section, whether you had epidural, no epidural, uh, you, it doesn't matter. A birth is a birth and everybody has a different experience. And so my fear was not being able to get an epidural and then having to go through with the pain. That was my ultimate fear. And thank God that didn't happen. I was able to get the epidural, but I'm not going to lie. It did hurt. It did hurt until I got it. Like when I left my house, I was like, am I, am I in labor? It wasn't, it wasn't hurting like that. And I expected like, I don't know, I guess in my head, I thought like, that I was going to know when to go to the hospital. Like I thought it was going to be this excruciating pain and I was going to be like, Oh, I got to go. No, it was just like, are these cramps? And my, is my stomach kind of hurting? Like, I'm not sure. And so we left and it took, so I get there like at 10 30 AM. Gianna was born at 11 38 PM. Damn. So I was there forever. And I didn't get the epidural until like 5 PM. I don't know why I, so the, the doctor asked me like, do you want the epidural? And I said, yes. Like I wanted to sign the paperwork way ahead of time. Like just so that I didn't worry about it when I was like deep in pain. And so I signed the paperwork and then I remember he was like, oh, well just like around 3 PM. He was like, oh, just let us know. And I was like, no, I'm getting it at five. And Rodolfo was like, why does that matter? Just get it now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm getting it. I'm going to ask for it at five. I don't know why that number was just, I'm, I think I just wanted to see 
how, how, long, how long I could go <laughs> until I was like, oh no, this is it. So I did. I waited until I think it was like 440 something when I was like, oh no, like this is getting out of hand. And I was like, nope, nope, only 15 minutes, only 15 minutes. And Dolorfo was like, just freaking ask for it. Like you don't have to wait for it. <laughs> so I asked for it, but then, you know, didn't get out of the anesthesiologist, yada, yada. You have to sign paperwork. And so it does, it took another extra 30 minutes. So I ended up getting it a little bit past five. So, you know, I did feel that pain was pain. But once I got the epidural, I had a great experience. <laughs> Another question, uh, not on my list, but... You thought about it, I yeah. thought about it when it came to, like, the epidural and how we are Mexican, Hispanic, Latinos. Oh. What did your mom say about, like, the whole getting the epidural and not getting the epidural? So, my mom was... She never really said, don't get it or get it. But I don't know if this was just me assuming, because my mom had all four of us with no epidural. Damn. And, but my mom was literally the kind to leave. She'd show up at the hospital in like, not even two hours later, she'd have a baby. So I think she just thought she, she did tell me that, I guess this was her way of telling me not to get it without saying no. She was like, if you get it, just know like it's going to like prolong your delivery. Like you're not going to feel the contractions and you're not like, you're not going to be able to help your body because you're not feeling anything. And I was just like, okay, like this is her way of, telling me like don't get it but my mom's like you never know what if you just get there and like you can just deliver really fast well i didn't just get there and deliver really fast like it was not like that i was there forever and you know i was there from 10 30 to 5 without an epidural so there was no delivery there and and the doctor told me like like you're uh, like i was just like not like my cervix was not opening up is that the right dilated yeah dilated or whatever and he was just like um, you're going to have like a 12 hour labor. I'll see you around 11 ish midnight or even one. Like he, he already had told me and yeah. yeah, literally my body was just, you know, it was doing its thing, but it was going very slow. And so I don't regret getting the epidural, but yeah, a lot of the, it was the Mexican community. Like, and I'm not going to say, even say my tias. Like, I feel like my tias didn't really like say anything about that, but just random, random ladies, like sisters of other people who I don't really talk to, like, or people that had no business yeah. commenting were like, no, 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 no te pongas la raquia, I think is what they call it in Spanish. Really? Yeah. Oh. Porque te va a doler la espalda. Like later on, when it gets cold, your back is just going to be hurting, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Girl, I am trying to have a good experience. I'm not going <laughs> to feel pain. And I remember a long time ago, I watched my cousin give birth. And I remember asking the nurse, like, is it true that if you get an epidural, your back hurts? And she was like, I got the epidural. She was, she was like one of the nurses there. And she's like, and I'm going to tell you right now, your, your back's going to hurt regardless. Your body went through so much um, delivering, carrying this child. So whether you have an epidural or not, your body will get back pain from, from just being a mom. And yeah. I was just like, okay, then I'm getting the epidural. I had made up my mind. This was years ago. Yeah, because like your body changes. Like you are carrying like a freaking 10 pounds or less than 10 pounds maybe yeah. or maybe more. Gianna was six pounds. She was a small baby. Like you're carrying a freaking baby inside your tummy. Like that. Yeah. And your organs. And get, not just your baby. Like your everything else that grows yeah. in there. And like your organs are like pushed like mm -hmm. and they're pushed back. They're pushed in and they're pushed anywhere. Yeah. And the baby's like squishing on your bladder and you're peeing yourself. Yeah, and you start you start like developing this different posture because you start walking differently and standing up differently because now you have this weight to hold that's right like 
yeah in front of you so yeah i kind of did develop bad posture i need to get back on it you do the waddle yeah you don't do you don't do it personally but like whenever when you're, you're pregnant, pregnant yeah. yeah and whenever you're like i seen it whenever you're like so close you waddle yes they do the penguin waddle and they're like oh yeah she's about like nine months <laughs> she's ready <laughs> she's ready oh did your water break like the movies like a no freaking, that's what i expected like a waterfall freaking falling it's like oh did i pee myself or did i my water no. break fun fact my i never knew my water broke oh shit so apparently my water had broken and it had been leaking for days oh so i didn't know that was a possibility first of all so the day that i was like should i go to the hospital today it was like 4 a.m and i started to feel some pain but it was like cramping pain like when you're on your period so i'm like well, I'm obviously not on my period, but like, this doesn't really hurt. Like I have to have, like, I have to have excruciating pain before I leave here or like my water break or something, nothing. Then it was like five, seven, nine. And I was like, okay, you know what? I called the hospital cause I had no clue. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, like this is what I'm feeling. But like, and then she asked me if my water had broken. I was like, no. And then she's like from one to 10, how bad is your pain? And I was like, probably not even a one, but it's just like uncomfortable. And she's just like, you can come and get checked, but it sounds like we probably send you back. And I was just like, okay, well, so I got in the shower. I straightened my hair. <laughs> you know, I had my lashes. I had gotten lash extensions, so I didn't need to do my makeup or anything. And that's a whole other story. You truly do not need to do your makeup before you're going to go into labor. <laughs> but anyways, we left. We got there at 1030. And then, I, like, I did. I expected her to be like, oh, okay, honey, like, you're dilated at this much. Go back home. So I get there and I'm dilated at a two. So I'm not dilated very much, but my water had broken. Oh shit. And I was like, and she's like, do you know what time your water broke? And I was like, no, I didn't know my water broke. And so the doctor comes in and checks everything and check, like, I, I guess they check the numbers and yeah. like, the liquids or whatever. And he's like, oh, you had been, um, he had proper words, but pretty much I had been leaking four days damn so um i needed to be at the hospital because there was there was not enough liquid in there for her to be in there for much longer so he pretty much told me like you like i think you're gonna be in labor for a really long time like i'm gonna guess 12 hours but after that like we might go into a c-section because you don't have that much liquid left and so they had to give me um geez i am blinking right now what is it called when they i think it's pitocin yeah so that they can um it will uh, uh make your contractions come yeah. faster so they did that through my veins and all that so those contractions oh my god those were on another level once that hit and there's levels of it like one two three four i got to a level four or five before i got the epidural and then once i had the epidural it went all the way to nine or ten like they had to put it all the way up because my body was working so slow and i was so afraid that was another thing i was like no i don't want to get induced <laughs> and my doctor was like what do you mean like your water has been leaking for days like you don't have enough for your baby in your body and i was just like refusing refusing and then he was just like all right you don't want it then we're going to go into an emergency c-section as soon as that happens because you don't have enough liquid and i was like Okay, never mind. <laughs> You're like, nope, never yeah. mind. Induce me, please. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the induction. But the holy <laughs> induced pain is a different story. So now that you are a mom now with a one-year-old, mm -hmm. what would you wish you can tell your younger self now that you know that you're um, 
how about about how, motherhood about being pregnant how pregnant Ooh. feels like oh that's a good question because you know i didn't know what it felt like before now that i know what it feels like if i could tell my younger self my my pre-mom self something it's at least my experience it was painful but it wasn't as painful as i thought it would be you know watching all those movies and all those novelas and yeah. all these dramatic water breaks and like all these things like it's not as that it's not that dramatic i i kind of but i think i put i set myself up for success because i told myself that the pain would be the most excruciating the most painful the the worst feeling i could ever feel that's what i told myself i would feel and so once the pain got there yeah it was painful but i was like oh i thought i was gonna like feel like death like i thought i was gonna be like oh my god like i can't do this like put me to sleep kind of pain <laughs> so that helped me and so i would say it's not as scary as it sounds it is not as dramatic as a movie and just listen to your body and do whatever you you want to do for your body good answer mm -hmm. next one is there any misconceptions about motherhood and pregnancy hmm i guess some misconceptions about motherhood and pregnancy let, let me start with pregnancy a misconception would be like something people think but is not true mm -hmm. so about pregnancy i feel like some people don't take it serious like I feel like some people think like when pregnant women are like, oh my gosh, I feel so tired. Like I just want to sleep or oh my gosh, I can't eat. And like, I feel like a misconception some people have is like, wow, like they're so dramatic. Like it's not that bad. And it's no, it is that bad. Like, and I'm not saying it's like horrible, but it's just like when you're tired, being pregnant tired is a different kind of tired like you feel drained no matter how much sleep you get you just feel drained and it's true and another misconception people have is like yeah that they're being dramatic or like some pregnant women are so hormonal luckily i was not <laughs> which is weird because i am a, i feel like i'm a crybaby but i wasn't and i feel like some people don't believe that like when you're pregnant your hormones are so out of whack that you know they cry and stuff and i feel like some people are like oh my gosh like you're being so dramatic and no like that is a misconception i will say though i had the opposite problem i feel like i was kind of mean when i was pregnant really yeah like in my mind of course i never really told people but i if i saw people like complaining or people would be telling <laughs> like other people their stories about like oh my god this happened to me this and in my head i'd be like oh my god shut up like <laughs> dude i was kind of mean i was just like don't don't speak about anything negative like that that was me so you probably would tell me to shut up in your brain when you were whenever I don't think we you ever it. complained i always complain I guess it was, I guess it just had to be something more dramatic. Oh. I can't even think of a, a person who said something or anything, but I just remember I didn't like hearing anybody complain about anything like that would annoy the crap out of me <laughs> to another level. <laughs> well, next one. What can you tell young girls or any girls out there about, uh, that are trying to get pregnant? Um, first of all, if you're very, very young, because I know some, some girls want to be moms. They want to be young moms. And some of them get to be young moms 
just because it happens, you know, and it wasn't planned. If you are young, and I'm talking 16, 17, 18, 19, and you want to be a mom, not that it just happens that you want to be a mom, think about it. Think about it real good. And I'm not saying it in a negative way. Being a mom is the biggest responsibility you can ever have. You are in charge of someone else and someone else's safety. Someone else needs to get, like someone else totally depends on you 100%, like feedings, showers, clothing, house, everything. It all depends on you. So think about it real good if you want that responsibility so early on because you are never not a mom ever again. You will forever be a mom and that responsibility responsibility will never leave. And it's a big one. So think about it. And to those moms who just, it just happens and they become young moms. My advice would be, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I'm a grown ass woman and I am not 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 having a baby. And I still feel like I need help sometimes. Like, you know, whether it's from my husband or that I call my mom, that I need I have a question or that I need, you know, my suegra to take her because I need to ha- go to the clinic or whatever. Or like, or she's crying and crying and I don't know what's happening. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help, you know, because I'm older and I still had all these questions sometimes. So when you're young, make sure you are asking those questions. And especially if you're young, don't forget to do something for yourself too. Like, I feel like sometimes they may just, you know, I feel like it's hard when you're young and you don't know what you want yet fully. Like I remember changing my major when I went to college because I went as one thing, didn't want to do it anymore. Then I thought about another thing and blah, blah, blah. It's like, think about what you want. And if what you want is to be a stay at home mom, like ask questions, be the best stay at home mom. If what you want is to be, I don't know, a doctor one day. Like, don't think that you can never do whatever you want to do ever again. Whatever you want to do, you can do it at any any time in life. Of course, it can be easier if you don't have a baby because you're just, all you have to care about is yourself. I'm not going to lie. It is easier to care about yourself and nobody else, but everything's possible. Yeah. And I just think a lot of like, there's a lot of girls out there that get pregnant very young because they see movies they see tv shows and they yeah. see that it's very easy that fairy tale that fairy tale like it's very easy like you can do go to work you can go to school and you can still raise your child which you can but mm-hmm. it's difficult it's much it is more, not easy yeah. it's not easy it's like now you have to take care of your kid you have to feed them like you can do homework but now your kid is crying like you're not going to just mm-hmm. leave your kid just crying there. Now you got to figure out who can take care of yeah. your baby because you need to do x y and z and you got homework and you got school and you got class like yeah. it can be done, but it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And I just feel like you just have to think about it before getting pregnant. But if you didn't get to, yes, which if you didn't get into, happens, then do not be afraid. To, yes. Do not be afraid to ask for help because mm-hmm. people out there will always be willing to help you. And sometimes this is a thing though. Sometimes the help doesn't come from those who you expect the help from. Yes. Yes. That's, yes. Yes. That's one thing. What is one word that can describe what motherhood is to you? One word. One word. In this era of motherhood, or so far in my one year of motherhood, the word that could describe motherhood is the word new. New. Good question. Not good question. Good Good response. Yeah. Yeah. 
because everything everything is new this new baby you have new um you becoming a mom new. new uh you experiencing pregnancy new you experiencing childhood is new your body after having a baby is new your mind after having a baby is new you think all these different things now the relationship you had with your husband boyfriend whatever that's new because now you're a team for this baby it, everything's everything is so new and in the best of ways though like i had I, i think i had a good new experience for the most part i'm not gonna say everything was butterflies and sunshine but for the most part i had a good new experience i think what's hardest is for me a few months after the newness was going away and it was starting to become like okay This is my life. I think I started to like get like postpartum anxiety a little bit, like around month, month four maybe. And it was bad. It was bad because I was just like, oh my God, why am I feeling so anxious? Like all of a sudden I'd want to cry and I want to, like, I just want to be home. Like, and I, I fear for like the wrong people looking at my baby. Like there's people out there who are just looking to do something bad. I don't know. Like I started overthinking everything a little bit there. That was what was hard. And that kind of newness is like, oh crap, I've never cared and loved for somebody this much. Yeah. Like if you thought you loved your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom, your dad, your sister, no. Like this is a whole different kind of love where you just want to put them in a bubble and you want absolutely nothing bad to happen to them. And like, I feel like that little thought process came throughout like around four months. And that did throw me off for a little bit there and then i'm totally fine now but yeah the word new hmm. that sounds so negative but i don't think so no no i think it was it, it was very positive okay. and i think something that i want to say like i said i'm not i'm i've never been a parent i i'm not a mom because or a dad <laughs> or anything but like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety is a thing A lot of people mm -hmm. think that it's not, but I... You've seen it? I've seen it, and it's it's very sad. Um, it, it's a thing, and I feel like if somebody who's pregnant is going through Yeah, because you can go through it while you're pregnant. Yeah. Like, get some help. It's not healthy for you or for your child, because mm -hmm. you are not in the right mind when you are going through postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. There's people out there that you can talk to. You can talk to your friend. You can talk to anybody just get someone and get help it's an out of body experience like and you know what that's good that you just said that in those moments for those of you who have experienced postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or any kind of postpartum like more of a negative feeling how you say like talk to your friends sometimes when you're in the midst of everything like in the middle of it you really think i don't know why but i remember thinking like nobody's gonna understand me like everybody's gonna think that i'm just being dramatic like why am i even thinking like these crazy thoughts like people are they're not gonna think like me they're not gonna be able to relate to me so i like kind of didn't like i didn't talk about it to my mom i didn't talk about it like to anybody and then one day i just freaking broke down and started crying in the middle of a party so that was great but honestly it was great at, because then they're like my friends were like what's wrong yeah. and then i'm like explaining and So a lot of my friends are moms. And so they're like just listening to me. And then they're like, oh, when I, you know, when I gave birth, I felt like this and like that. And when I gave birth, I also felt like, and I was like, what? Like, 
you all felt this and then from that day i think from that day on i started to feel better and better because i didn't feel alone anymore yeah so i'm glad you brought that up you're welcome and wow. i'm the type of friend like i will listen if yes, you, you just are. need someone mm-hmm. to listen like i will sit there and just listen and if you need my advice i will give you your my of advice course. and i'm like the best advice giver but i don't take my own advices <laughs> that is 100 percent true yeah and you know what that's one of my red flags but i don't care <laughs> oh my god we should do an episode on our our oh, yes. red flags <laughs> that's one for me i don't take my own <laughs> advices and whatever it makes me who i am that's right next question what is the best and worst thing about being a mom the best thing about being a mom is that you see this baby that you created and you are raising and you're like damn i'm doing a good job like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if some days your house is a disaster and some days you're you know then you go weeks where your kid gets a bath every single day and then on week five you're like oh my god i forgot to give her a bath yesterday like life happens but you everything is just so much better like everything that you were that was uh what do you call it like a routine Mm -hmm. becomes new again because everything's new to your baby so like if going to the mall or going to target or making breakfast at home was just like a usual daily whatever i'm just gonna do this thing it becomes exciting again because your baby thinks everything's exciting food time exciting you're going to play Miss Rachel for the 20th time. Exciting. Exciting. You're going to take me to Target and I saw something cool at Target. Exciting. Like you get to live life through their, like it's like you have like their eyes yeah. by watching them and it's cool. That's the coolest thing ever. And what is the worst thing is, oh. Getting shit on. <laughs> oh my god dude when gianna was a baby i did get pooped on homegirl had like blowouts all the time but then, i mean that's not the worst the worst part is loving somebody so much wow because you just want to protect this this baby in all stages of their life they're not gonna be babies forever but that that's i'm gonna cry wow oh my gosh that is that's probably the worst and i think i don't know tell me if i'm wrong or not but i feel like a lot of mothers like they care for their child too much that they forget about themselves that can happen and And i don't know if i'm sounding like negative or anything but like i just feel like yes you have a child you have to take care of them but you also have to remember about yourself at least once yes so this is what i live by you have to be good with yourself so that you can be a good mom. Yeah. You know, some people are just like, I have to do this for my baby. I have to do that and that and that. And like, this is what's best for them. But what's best for you? Yeah. You have to remember to do things that are best for you. And you have to remember to put yourself first. And I know some moms can come at me because some moms don't believe this. Some moms are like, no, when you become a mom, your babies are first. You have to put yourself first. If you want to be a good mom, if you want to be a good wife, if you want to be a good friend, if you want to be a good daughter, a good son, whatever, you have to put yourself first. Because if you're stressing yourself out, you're not sleeping, you're not getting yourself ready, you're not allowing yourself to even go on a little like walk, you're not allowing yourself to do the things you used to like. Like, I don't know if you like picking up Starbucks, if you liked getting your nails done, if you liked hiking, like, 
you have to do things for yourself so that you can be good for those babies. Totally agree. I do. I do think that. Totally agree. So that was the last question I had for myself. Okay. But we did ask our followers in Instagram and we did get some questions. And they responded quick. They did. And thank you guys for those responses. So I'm going to be reading some of their questions. Ooh, okay. And maybe there might be some that I already asked, but I'm still going to ask them. Okay. One of the questions from our Instagram followers is, what is something you didn't expect would happen, but it did? Ooh. Hmm. What is something I didn't expect would happen, but it did? Let's see. I think one thing that I can think of right off the top of my head right now is the amount of Fs I don't give anymore. Mm. (laughs) I have always been somebody that claims to not give a fuck. But you did. But I always do. And I always did. And I I don't know. Like, I remember thinking like, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then thinking like, but what is my mom going to think? But what is, I don't know, my dad going to think? What are my friends going to think? And what are people that don't even talk to me going to think? Like, I don't know why. I always thought like that. And I feel like when I got pregnant, like during the pregnancy experience, I felt like that still. And I felt like those feelings even more. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be annoying. Like then when my baby's here, I'm going to be worried about like what kind of move I should make as mom. Like, wow, like that's going to be crap. No, I had the total opposite. Then I became a mom and I stopped. I stopped giving a crap, which is great. Like, (laughs) I was like, this is my child. Um, this is my life. This is what I'm doing to, you know, make sure my child is okay. And this is the way I want to be a mother. And this is the experience I want. Like, because you got to realize that when you have a baby, this is your experience in motherhood and parenthood. Yours. This is yours. Nobody else's. And this is your child's experience your child's experience nobody else's so once you start thinking like that it's like literally you start relating that to everything in your life like oh if i want to do this and i want to quit that and i want to start doing this i don't care i don't care like if if it doesn't hurt your child in any way like i don't know i just it was this new thinking of not giving a crap and i love it and I think with the first child... I don't know how to explain where it came from. <laughs> like the first pregnancy, get, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the first pregnancy is your experience. Yeah. It's your first motherhood. So you're experiencing it and you're learning from there. And then on your second one, like you take whatever you learn from your first pregnancy and go from there. I think correct- that's how it'll be. I mean, I don't have baby number two yet, but I think, yeah. Because then your first experience is like, okay first you're like this is this is the kind of mom i want to be yeah and then your baby's born and you're like oh never mind (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) never mind that was kind of not what i'm doing anymore (laughs) then you just live your motherhood experience and then yeah like i don't know i'm not a mom up to two or three or four i'm a mom to one right now but i'm thinking like well when i have number two i've learned what i've learned from baby number one and of course then your baby number two is a totally different person and so that's a whole different experience in itself but like you were a mother for one, two, three, whatever amount of years before. So that gave you some experience. And then I feel like then you're going to be like, okay, well, I like this that I did. I'm going to keep doing it. And I didn't like that. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Next question from our Instagram follower. 
How was your birth experience? I know you already mentioned it. Yeah, I pretty much but. described it already, but let me see if I missed anything. So I told you guys I was in labor or whatever forever. I told you guys that I wanted to wait till 5 p.m. to get an epidural for no <laughs> reason. Um, oh, I didn't tell you guys like the actual. So I remember, okay, so my doctor, the way the hospital works out is like whoever's on call is who's going to deliver you. But my doctor, my OB was on call that week. And I had time this and, and I, you know, it was obviously going to do whatever it wanted. Like it, it was like, my body was going to be like, Oh, your, your doctor's on call this week. Let's go. No. <laughs> so like, I remember looking at my calendar and thinking I have to give birth this week in June, or I'm not going to have my doctor and I want nobody else but my doctor. And I remember thinking, so Gianna's due date was the 19th and the 19th was a Sunday. I don't know. The 19th was father's day that year last year and that day would have been another doctor so i remember thinking like no no no, lie so that doctor would have been there until the 19th mm. so then i remember thinking like oh my god she better not be born a week after that because i'm not gonna have my doctor and she better not be born a week before that because i'm not gonna have my doctor I have to be like delivering this week and it it happened and i remember thinking so i was in there and it was going to turn, no, 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 Sunday he wouldn't have been there. So it was 18th and it was like 11 p.m. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to get another freaking doctor because I'm still here. So I told my nurse, like, do you think that I'm going to deliver before midnight? And she's like, I don't think so, honey. And I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> I'm going to have a different doctor. Like, I only want my doctor. And so he comes around and it's like 11, 10. And... No, he doesn't come around. They call him because around 11.10, she's like, oh, you're ready. And, you know, how the epidural yeah. saw the am I? Don't know. <laughs> and But, you know, they're looking at the the wave yeah. thingy, whatever, and she's like, you're having contractions. And so he, she's like, okay, you're going to push so that when he gets here, like you're just ready to deliver. So she had me do like some quote-unquote practice pushes. So then by the time my doctor got there, it was like 11. I had you on at 11.38, but whatever. In between that time, he's like, Oh, you're, you're there. You're going to give me three pushes and she's going to be born. And I was like, no way. But one, I couldn't feel anything Two, I couldn't see anything. I want a mirror in front of me the next time. That, no, I do. <laughs> the, I just, I remember being there and I had a little like take pictures. I like take pictures, please. I want to see what's happening down there. And then my doctor was like, if I would have known that you were, in, I would have, I guess they do have that mirror that they can put so that you can, and I was like, yes, like next pregnancy, I want to see everything <laughs> and so he's like three pushes and I, he's like and i don't want you to actually push like i did crunches literally hmm. little tiny crunches and on the third crunch she was out and it was totally not painful it was very enjoyable i was because of the epidural going so well like i wasn't worried about my pain i wasn't worried about feeling anything negative because I was fine. And so when she was born, you know, they give, they give you the baby right away. And I thought I was going to have this like experience where I was going to be like, Oh my God, crying. Like this is my baby, like super emotional. And no, those first few seconds I was like, Oh my God. Like I just did that. Yeah. Like I thought I was like, am I a bad mom? Because I'm not feeling this extreme 
love and emotion and and crying and i'm not like why am i not feeling all those things that people supposedly feel in these movies like what's happening and it was just like no i was just thinking like oh my god i did that and and this baby on me this is my baby like that's that's crazy but then of course the baby blues came in like a few hours later maybe not even 12 hours and then you're like crying every time you see your baby like oh my god i made that it's happy tears because a lot of people would be like why are you crying again and i'm like no i'm not sad i'm just like so happy that she's here and she had jaundice so we stayed at the hospital for five days that was the worst part oh when you asked me it was the worst part that was horrific i hated being at the hospital like just laying there for five days it was boring but you know, it was what was best for her. So I couldn't really complain. But the thing is that I couldn't leave. You know, Rodolfo could leave and go shower and change and buy food or whatever. I couldn't leave the hospital. Damn, so I was there for five days. And so was Gianna. And so that was probably. And we had the room that was right by where the helicopter leaves oh. and arrives. So that was the most entertaining thing we saw all five days. So yeah. you heard all those choppers coming in and yeah. out. Wow. And I would see the beds coming in and out. And then I would like try to make up stories like, oh, look at that. That one's, he's like sitting up and everything. I don't think he's like that bad. I wonder what happened to him. Or like, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to make up stories for them. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is, how do you uh, balance motherhood and your individuality? That's oh. a good question. Okay. This is going to be a little hot topic. So I remember that when I first became a mom, I was very worried about, like losing myself, you know, losing my individuality, like just becoming this mom that only thinks about mom, 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 motherhood, motherhood. I, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do it so that I don't lose myself? And honestly, it's, I don't know if it feels like it's come easy to me. Maybe now because I'm in a better place, like on month four, when I'm telling you that postpartum anxiety yeah. was crap that I was not thriving in those in like those two, three months. But I feel like I've kept my individuality really well. And it was something on TikTok. And I don't remember the exact words, but people always tell you, like people assume that when you're a stay-at-home mom, you've lost yourself. Like mm. that's it. All she does is being a mom, like she's losing herself. Like this is what I assume people think, right? And so I had decided like, I didn't decide when I was pregnant that I would be a stay-at-home mom. I kind of let, like, I kind of just rode the wave. And when I was pregnant, I was like, you know what? I just, I don't want to be at work right now. Like, I want to just experience my pregnancy. I had left teaching, you know, months before. I had left teaching in June, got pregnant in September. So I didn't leave teaching because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, people, I think some people get confused and think that I didn't leave teaching because of that. Then I get pregnant in September, and I'm like, wait do I like, I'm still doing my esthetician stuff. And I'm like, do I, what do I want? I don't know. Then I have Gianna and I'm like, I want to be a stay at home mom. It was just like something that came to me and I wanted to be a stay at home mom. And I was like, Oh my God, people are going to think that I lost myself to motherhood. Like I wasted my time going to school that I was like, I remember like, Oh, she was such a good teacher. Like not to toot my own horn, but like people would, you know, people wanted their kids in my classroom and like, you know, maybe maybe one day I'll go back to teaching. I'm never going to say never because I when I loved it, I loved it. And when I didn't, I didn't. So maybe one day I'll love it again. You know, but my fear was people are going to think I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting the experience I could be getting because people have told me that. Like, do you know that if you don't go back to teaching like fast enough, like you're 
like your years of experience kind of like don't count for the districts. And I'm like, I have five years of experience. Like, and I have them, you know, whether the district wants to see it or not, whatever, but I, I'm not going to feel new, Yeah, you know? And so, but I was like, but I'm also never going to have a new baby. I'm also never going to experience, you know, being a first time mom, like, you're going to experience whatever, whatever motherhood experience I want is the one I'm going to have, you know? And I saw on TikTok this mom talking about how, like, when she became a stay-at-home mom, people were like, oh, my gosh, you're going to lose yourself. Like, make sure you don't lose yourself, blah, blah, blah. And somebody, like, what do you call it when they, like, copy the video and then respond to it like a like a oh it's almost side like, by side it's thing. almost like a response thingy yeah, yeah then it was like a psychologist who responded and was like this is funny because a lot of people think that moms who don't work are going to lose themselves you can lose yourself while you're working yeah that is true and i was just like oh my god and i did i remember those last two years of teaching i was losing myself and the last year i freaking lost myself you know <laughs> And I was like, and I wasn't even a mom. And I was like, okay, so why am I going to put myself in that position to, if this is a motherhood I want to have, that doesn't mean I'm going to lose myself. So society likes to think you're a mom and you don't have a job. You've lost yourself. No, you lose yourself when you don't want to change, when you don't care to do your makeup, when you don't care to go and experience anything, when you don't want to hang out with your friends, when everything becomes extra hard you know like that feeling of of anxiousness and depression and all that stuff that's when you start losing yourself that that at least this is what i believe but when you do what you want to do you don't lose yourself you find yourself yeah so like when i realized i want to be a stay-at-home mom this is the kind of mom i want to be i want to do x y and z with my baby and when she gets to this age and that age and this age i want to do this and like I found myself because I started to do what I wanted to do. And it wasn't just for being a mom. Like I still go get my nails done. I still, you know, get ready. If not more often than when I wasn't even a mom because I'm like, Oh, but I want to be that mom. I'm going to get ready. And then I'm like, Oh, and I haven't gotten ready in this many days. I'm going to do a full glam today. And you know what? I kind of love my body more now than, than I have a mom bod than before. Because before it was like, I don't know, I just had this negative thought about it. And I hated shopping for clothes. And like, of course, after COVID, I had gained weight. And it was just like, I hated it. And then, yeah, once you're postpartum, you go through that phase again. I'm not going to lie. But then when you kind of start finding like clothes that you find new styles mm-hmm. and that you start feeling comfortable in and stuff... Like, I feel like I didn't lose myself. I found myself and I found what I wanted to do and I am doing what I want to do and I feel confident. I'm not like, oh, what? somebody's going to think that I'm wasting my time. I don't care what you think. Like, I am doing what I want to do. I'm being the mom I want to be. Are you going to give me the motherhood experience I want? I don't think so. No. Bye, Felicia. And I think a lot of people lose themselves whenever they whatever they're doing feels like a routine yeah and not like an actual your experience like you're enjoying it like whenever you, you are have to te- think of it as an experience yeah whenever you were a teacher like i just feel like at the end of it the last year you were like this is just my routine what I i'm doing to do this yeah and mm-hmm. you you weren't enjoying and i would see it in you like you when, saw it in me i saw it <gasps> and i wouldn't say anything 
because I wanted you to realize it. Yeah, and you know how I know? Because I started to lose me. Yeah. I didn't want to get ready anymore. I would show up to work not looking very cute. I stopped getting good sleep. I started eating like complete crap, started gaining so much weight. I, I, didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care for myself. But I think what, what happened and was... I care for myself again. What's COVID? COVID did, <laughs> did a, a number. lot of things to a lot of people. Because of the whole isolation, the whole being away from people, it fucked people's minds. Oh, and that's an episode. That is an episode. About. I won't get into fully details here, but that will be an episode. Maybe that is one of the reasons. I don't know. But yeah, because the first three years, oh my God, I'd wear heels to work every single day. Heels? Yes. Damn. Because I, I want to be that teacher. Like I want to make sure that I look all glammed up and i look ready and i look like i want to be here and i look cute and like because remember growing up like when we were little there was certain teachers that yeah they would dress like in their chanclas and what like some whatever shorts like they look like they were chilling at home yeah you remember i remember so i always told myself i don't want to be that teacher i want to be the one that because then there was the other teachers that wore heels that looked all extra and you were like what like this is just school i wanted to be that teacher and i was for three years and then the last two i just stopped i stopped caring about how i looked i stopped caring about what i ate i stopped caring about myself and so that's when i lost myself but motherhood no and i was the same way during Not covid motherhood. Like before, I would go to errands, try to, I would get ready. I would look cute. Even yeah. if I would go to Target to just get fucking paper towels or like something I'm small. I'm going to look cute with all I do. Yeah. I, like I want to look cute. I want people to be like, oh, I like his jacket. I like that. And then right after COVID, like 2021, I would go and I would fucking be fucking <laughs> todo hodongo. Fucking sweats. No offense with people who wear sweats, but like I, I don't like wearing sweats outside. I just don't like wearing PJs. You will never yeah. catch me in pajamas out there. Like, I hate wearing PJs out there. I hate wearing chanclas out there. And I was wearing chanclas with my fucking PJs, not giving a fuck. PJs? Yeah. Boy. I, I would not be giving a fuck how people I would look. And I'm <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh my God. I'm trying to erase that memory. Like I'm 20, trying to erase the fact that I did that. Yeah, 2021 Edgar did not exist for only a couple months. I was like, wow, that Edgar yeah. is no longer here. <laughs> Dude, and you know what that saying, and my husband always says this saying, and I hate that it's right. He always says, uh what is it saying like you look how you feel yeah it is so true yeah those two years when i was just looking scruffy looking like i didn't get ready i felt like that i felt crappy inside i felt like i didn't want to be there i felt like i didn't want to be anywhere i felt the way i looked literally and now i'm like you like i'm gonna go to target let me let me wear this outfit. It's it's going to be an errand outfit. You know, like, can I make this outfit my... Whatever. Any freaking outfit can be an errand outfit. But you just make it like, oh, this is the kind of outfits I want to wear when I'm running errands. And this is the kind of outfits I want to wear on Sunday when I go do some family fun thing, whatever. And, like, the most simple things become exciting again. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. I remember last week when I went to uh, the aquarium at the uh, Science Museum. When I was getting ready, I'm like, I look cute. I look cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I bought my ticket, this guy was like, oh, I have that shirt. And I was like, but uh, it doesn't look good on me. Like, it looks good on you. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. I'm just like, um, thanks. Thanks. I do feel good. I was like, thanks. (laughs) I just like did like, I didn't even say thanks. I just started laughing. Like, it's just, yeah, but it is true. It's like, whenever you feel good, you look good. Yes. And whenever 
you feel bad, you feel nasty, you're going to look nasty. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that like, oh, if I look like a Barbie doll, I feel good. No, it's about how you feel inside and you can look however. You can be wearing PJs and if you feel great, you're going to, you're going to, yeah. Yeah, you're going to, it's going to show. Yeah. Next question. How do you balance motherhood and being a wifey? Ooh, I think I'm still trying to figure this one out if I'm being honest because so Gianna's one so it's been one year of it's not just Rodolfo and I anymore you know before it was like hey do you want to do this all right let's go hey do you want to do this on this weekend and I never had to think about is this going to be kid friendly yeah if I'm at this place and Gianna needs to nap and Gianna needs to eat what kind of food is around there um where am i gonna go if she gets fuzzy or where am i gonna go so she can be comfortable or does this place even accept babies like we used to go to bars and we you know like i love going to a bar and just like sitting there and i might like get shit-faced every time i go but just like chilling can't do that you can't take a baby you can't yeah so like now it has to be a whole plan you want to go to the bar well hold up let me figure out if like I have a babysitting situation. Who's going to go? How long am I going to be there? Because I can't just can't just be out till three, four in the morning yeah. anymore. Like I have a kid. I have to be back at a decent time for my child. So like our outings are, we're in bed a lot earlier. We're back home a lot earlier. Sometimes we still don't feel like being home. But if Gianna's bedtime's coming around and she's starting to get fuzzy, like the best thing is to just come home. So you have to. So like, I feel like right now we're in, parenthood both of us and so trying to manage what it was it like mommyhood and motherhood well i'm still trying somebody please tell me how you do that like because i i tell i tell him i'm like dude i miss we haven't gone on like a date just him and i actually we went to one i think gianna was like five or six months i forgot what i needed to do but for some reason that day my mom took care of gianna I think, I think it, it wasn't even meant to be like, I, th- I think it just ended up happening because we had something like some kind of appointment somewhere and we ended up going to, I think it was Olive Garden mm. and I was like, oh, let's go to dinner. He's like, oh, but Olive Garden is going to like take forever. There was, it was like an hour and halfway, oh, blah, shit. blah, blah. And I was like, I don't care. We have not done anything just you and I in, in like, I don't know, five, six, seven months, whenever it was. And I was like, we're going to sit there. We're going to have dinner by ourselves. And it was nice. And I think that was the last time. And now Gianna's won and we haven't had a date. Like, so I'm still working on that. I think that, and I told Olofo, like, I want to have dates and I want to have planned dates where we go on one date a month. Like, it's totally possible, mm-hmm. but we need to plan it or it's not possible. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be an all day, three day date, obviously. Like, but it could be like, okay, on July 23rd, when you get home from work at seven, I'm going to get ready and you're going to get ready and we're going to go eat dinner at Chosen Restaurant. And then Gianna's going to be with grandma. We're going to go to McDonald's. Yes. Even if it's freaking yeah. McDonald's, just something <laughs> us two. Because, yeah, I'm still working on that. But I think that's how it should be. I think you need to literally pull up a damn calendar, Important. figure out which day is a possibility and do this once a month. I agree. Yeah. Last one how to overcome mom guilt and how do you go about accepting your new self and postpartum body Ooh. good question mom guilt how do i go about mom guilt i'm also learning i don't know like sometimes you have to kind of like pep talk yourself 
out of it because you're never going to be a perfect mom because there's never a perfect anything. Nobody's a perfect son, daughter, girlfriend. What? Nobody's a perfect anything. And that includes being a mom. And sometimes I have to give myself that pep talk. Like that, you know, sometimes like, like even when we decided to do this podcast, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, but I'm going to have to go leave Gianna somewhere. Like for the most part, Dolorfo, you know, we do it later when Dolorfo gets home from work and he's taking care of her. But even then it was like, oh, but it's like I'm putting her to the side so that I can do this. And it's like, yes, you have to. You Like again, you have to put yourself first. And that can mean so many different things for you. Like some moms don't want to go to work. So they become stay-at-home moms, aka me. And then some moms are like, you know what? I need to go to work. And when I come back, I'm a better mom. Great, do that. Some moms are getting that mom guilt because they are they are at work and they'd rather be with their kid. Okay, maybe that's how it is right now. But maybe you can work towards, you know, I'm sure that if you're thinking that, you're working towards one day, hopefully, not working or working less hours or having a better schedule or your kid gets older and they go to school. So now like, like whatever guilt you're feeling, as long as you're working towards it it shouldn't be like that and and then always think that it you do matter too it's not just life revolves around your baby which it kind of becomes that but like you're a main character in your life too not just your baby that's true and so i don't know i don't know how to like manage it i guess just pep talking yourself into realizing that you're you're doing what what's best for you and your family in that very moment in that situation Later on, if you learned a better way or I should have, could have done this, great. The next time it happens, do the shoulda, coulda, but don't put yourself down for not like be, being that expert on that day or on, or during that season in your life or during those first few years when you, because sometimes you have to. Yeah. There's parents that have to go to work, but they don't want to. Or there's parents who want to go to work, but they can't. Like sometimes there's husbands that don't even let their significant other work just because they said so and it's just like number one don't be in that kind of relationship that's not what i want any of my girlies here to be in Mm -hmm. but like you know there's just all these different situations so as long as you're doing what's best for you and your family in your current situation that's all that you can do and what was the second part uh the second part is uh, just a second second part is and how do you go about accepting your new self and postpartum body but another thing when it came to the um, the mother guilt and everything, like I said, I'm not a mom, I'm not a parent or anything. But like, if you're feeling any guilt with it, with anything, I just feel like I had a thought in my mind and now I just went, poof, it disappeared. I have three calls from my mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're feeling guilt about going to work or doing something, I just feel like you should, oh, fuck. I I lost it. And it was a good thought. Oh, give your child a good experience. Like if you're feeling guilt or stuff like that, like give her an experience that she's going to enjoy later in life. Like if you're going to work, maybe after work, take her out somewhere, you know, or yeah. Like still have that time with them. So you don't feel like guilty for not being there all day with them. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. I personally think like whenever they're little kid, they're not going to remember you going to work. Maybe once you are, they're older, they're going to remember, but like if they're like, and if you're doing, if you're going to work because that's what's best for you and your family, then what are you doing? You're doing your best. Yeah. You're doing your best. And And as long as you're doing your best, 
that's all that matters. And then, like, your kid is not going to remember, like, you not being there from eight to five. You will. You, you will. the adult, but not but, the baby. Yeah. yeah. But you mm-hmm. need, if it's best for your family, then do it. Don't feel guilt. Don't have that mother guilt that, like, oh, I'm going to work while my child is with a babysitter or with my suegra or with my mom. It's like, you're doing what's best for your child and for your family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Edgar for president. No. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay, what was the last part of the question? The last part is, and how do you go about accepting your new self and postpartum body oh my gosh um so like i said i very fast started to not give a crap about anybody so my mentality is the greatest it has ever been like i'm at peace with myself and who i am and what i do and how i experience motherhood and parenthood and how i experience this this era in my age you know how i am experiencing my Mm. 30s like i feel empowered in that aspect but in the how do you like accept your postpartum body and all that it's up and downs it's waves it's sometimes you're like starting to feel better and and you're like you know what it's it's okay i gave birth i'm gonna go find this new outfit and sometimes you go find this new outfit that it makes you feel great and you go out and you feel great and then another day you come home and you start looking at yourself and you put yourself down is what you do. And you start thinking like, oh, but I don't like my stomach now and I don't like this. And pre-baby, these jeans used to fit that way and this clothes used to look that way. And then you see social media and then you're like, well, how come that mom looks like that? Or like, well, I have a long way to go to feel like that mom or like, or even comparing yourself to people that aren't even moms like and it's 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 a wave i'm not gonna say i've i've mastered that but i think it's like in in any situation you know like even people who are not moms have uh what do you call it like body image yeah issues or whatever i just think it becomes even more when you are in your postpartum especially those first few months when like nothing fits and then people have the audacity to be like oh well when i was when i was like three months pregnant oh i was already in my jeans like you're not like everybody's different girl like why are you even yeah. who, like are, your body's not my body um your experience is not my experience if you were in your jeans great First of all, there's some people, I'm not going to be like, this is not going to sound nice, okay? This is a little shady. But some people will be like, oh, well, I was in my pants already at three months. Yeah, and how do those pants fit? Like, you force yourself into those pants so you can tell the world that you were in those pants? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. You know what yeah, I mean? I get it. Like, I'm trying to be comfortable. So, like, uh, yeah, I could go zip myself up in these and be uncomfortable and have, like, an extreme muffin top. And, like, this sounds really mean to my body, you know, but I'm not trying to be. What I'm trying to say is, like, you're going to wear what feels comfortable to yes. you. And if it doesn't feel comfortable, you and- don't have to wear it. And, like, sometimes, sometimes it fits you. Like, oh, those jeans that you wore pre-pregnancy, they fit you. But you just don't like how they look. Don't wear them. Don't wear them. Wear what you feel best in and who cares if Sally and Fifi and I don't know and Juana were fitting into <laughs> X, Y, and Z clothes by this time or that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And you know, like it, it's it's all about focusing on yourself, going out there and buying outfits that you feel good in. I guess just doing your best in trying to feel good. Like if 
maybe if you start taking daily walks you start feeling better you know it's like that thing where like people start working out and like on day three and four they're like "Ooh, i look good yeah. but really there's not you know there's just, no change yeah just do things for yourself that make you feel better and make you feel good and yes your body's not the same as it was before and it never will be you you're a whole different person you gave birth and you're a different age like bodies change with age not just pregnancy bodies change with age bodies change with time um when you're a different weight your body looks different yeah. as you get older your body carries weight differently maybe if before you had smaller arms maybe they're bigger now maybe you have a bigger booty maybe you have a smaller booty i don't know everything changes your body and so just trying to remember this is like the typical cliche trying to remember the amazing things your body did but it's true you you your body did all of these amazing things and you you grew your stomach because your baby was growing inside of you and then you delivered whether you had a vaginal delivery a c-section uh you delivered a preemie you delivered you even those moms who got pregnant and sadly like weren't able to see their baby yeah. that doesn't mean they're not moms they're still moms to a little angel baby and so like your body goes through changes no matter what and you have to accept yourself and never compare yourself to anybody else which is honestly so hard and, and we're all working on that yeah it's hard and, and i i was gonna say like you should embrace your body even if you're pregnant or you gave birth or you're not pregnant if you gain a little weight or you have some scars embrace your body mm -hmm. and i just feel like social media it's a love and hate relationship when it comes to social media because you see these actresses you see these actors especially actresses whenever they give birth you see all these insta baddies insta baddies that like <laughs> they look really good because they just gave after they gave birth but like they like i said in the in the previous podcast it's like they have people that they're working with they have their dietitian they have people that are work like their coaches like they have people chefs they have their chefs they go even even do surgeries like mm -hmm. they don't show all that stuff and they even also have like do photo like photoshop they look good because they have people and they have money and i just feel like now people should embrace their body and i'm struggling with that but i should embrace it like people mm -hmm. should be embracing their there's uh stretch marks there are c-section marks people yeah, should embrace like, their body that's the most natural thing there is in this world yes. and people are trying to not be natural people yes. are trying to be like oh i had a baby and now my body looks like this oh i don't like and there and believe it or not there are more people that look like you than people that look like those those instagram and tiktok and youtubers and whatever like you start seeing this all over social media and then you start believing like damn i'm the only one that hasn't gotten a damn mommy makeover but no but actually no there's less of those people and more of you and yeah. and it's it's okay yeah just embrace your body yes embrace that body girl work it work it but i that's all the questions i have in the this was a very I mean, you made me emotional a few times. Were you able to tell? Yeah. Oh my God. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like I should be an interviewer person. I feel like I ask really good questions. You were. You were good. I know. But yeah, guys, this is all for this episode. Um, I just wish you guys have a great weekend. Be safe on 4th of July. Be safe. Yes, please. And please, after the 4th of July, stop blowing up your damn fireworks for five, six, seven, yes. eight weeks. Like, just blow them all up on the 4th of July. Yes. And then drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. 
be on the so on the road safe please for yourself and for others yes and, and just enjoy oh you guys i uh, have an ant problem and edward just got an ant on his arm oh my god i've been dealing with that for the past two weeks i was like what is this you saw it <laughs> so that is all guys do you have something philosophical not today no. i think i said we had a lot of philosophy yeah I just wanted to say, yeah, just be safe. Enjoy your week, your weekend, your day, your hour, everywhere. Enjoy it. And I'm going to say, I'll be the philosopher today. Okay. I'm going to say, since this is this is an episode decadated. Well, decadated. Wow. <laughs> this is an episode decadated to me and to all the mothers. Oh, this episode is dedicated to all the mamas out there in any way. Okay. The moms who had a delivery, any kind of delivery, the moms who delivered, whatever way they delivered, you're a mom. The moms who were not able to see their baby come full term, the moms who saw their baby but weren't able to hold the baby for much longer, the moms who have their babies with them right now, to all the moms, you are doing a great job. Don't be hard on yourself. Try to kick that mom shame out of your brain. Because all you have to tell yourself is, I'm doing what's best. And if you're doing what's best, that's all that matters. Focus on your own experience. And that's it. That's a great, great, great philosophical. Can't talk. Huh? I can't. <laughs> wow. We're that is all. Yeah, we're going to end it with that. Okie dokie. I hope you have a great motherhood experience. Me? No, oh. I'm talking to all the moms out there. <laughs> You're looking at me. I'm like, um, no, <laughs> I know. thank you. I never sit right in front of Edgar when we're podcasting. I always sit like to the side. But today's <laughs> been kind of awkward. We've been having to stare at each other. Yeah, and I hate staring at people's eyes. Me too. I've been staring at your ear. Usually whenever I talk to someone. My ears are covered with the headphones. It's the headphones that I stare at. But I usually stare at like. I stare at the frame of your glasses. I stare at the right. It's usually the right. Um, that, well, that's not your right. My right. My right. My ear. Your right. My left. Yeah. Okay. And people think that I'm looking at their eyes, but I'm not. That's a good trick. Because I hate staring at people's eyes. Okay. Well, that is all, everybody. And have a happy 4th of July. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.